The Liquor Lab Podcast is a Liquor Lab production. This episode of the podcast, one-on-one with entrepreneur and restaurateur James LaCourte, is brought to you by his restaurant, Leilu. Leilu is located at 10 New Street in Huntington, New York. You could call them 631-944-3111. Google, Bing, L-E-I-L-U. You'll find all the information you need. Go to Instagram, L-E-I-L-U Huntington. Follow them on Instagram. Leilu is now open for brunch on Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Sundays. Now open for brunch. I personally love it. I wouldn't have anybody on here to talk about something that they built that I didn't personally love. That is for sure. LeiluHuntington.com, Leilu Huntington on Instagram. Now open for brunch. Thank you, James, for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it here at the Liquor Lab. LeiluHuntington.com. Again, 631-944-3111. Now open for brunch, 11 to 3 p.m. Welcome to episode 10 of the Liquor Lab podcast. Today, I have a special guest, restaurant restaurateur. James Accord of Leilu in Huntington Village. Um, James, how are you, my man? I'm doing well. Hello, hello. Well, you know, I like to start off all these one-on-one, um, these entrepreneur one-on-ones with uh, you introducing yourself. So why don't you go ahead and uh, we'll start from there. My name is James, James Lacourt. Uh, like Ryan said, I own a, a restaurant here in, in Huntington Village with my wife, Megan. Uh, we have two beautiful young girls. And uh, that's it about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just for some background, James and I, I was doing the math. Um, I believe we've known each other for 22 or 23 years. So when I met him, he was um, he was a baby. Um, literally, he, he was probably in middle school or just getting into high school. Um it got to be that. I mean, it's crazy how long it's been. Um, so just just to start off, so tell me about the first moment as an entrepreneur, and I know you've been in the business a long time, so let's, let's get a little background on the first moment that you said to yourself, you know, this is what I want to do. So what? let's go way back to, I guess, your first job in the industry um, and- just give us a little background on when it, your aha moment, when you were like, this is what I want to do. First, I'd say oof, started in the industry, really more in the deli industry, started in, in high school, early high school, um, working through it just as a job, just to get through, you know? Uh, so starting in high school, you know, getting through high school, going, going down my path, um, Finished high school, left the business, moved to California, uh, which was amazing. Ended up moving back for family. And uh, What year was this? What year did you move to California? 01, 01, right between 2000, 2001, right in that area. Yeah. Um, left there, yep. Worked out there, a couple of different jobs, you know, do what kids do, have a good time. And then um, came back, got back into the deli industry, actually. Uh, ran it wasn't just a deli. I shouldn't just say a deli like a normal regular deli, gourmet deli, um, doing very large numbers. You know, huge lunches. We had a staff of probably I managed the deli at this time. We had a staff of probably thirty people. Um, 
you know, ran a full-time kitchen staff in the morning. Then we had, we had to happen to have a restaurant at the same time uh, on the other side. Once that started rolling, I just still thought it was still just a job just kind of get me through. Um, and then I got a call from, I had taken a test to work for the MTA. I got a call to work for the MTA, Bridges and Tunnels. I was a, an officer there for two years, two plus years. And this is in, um, this is in 05, 06. So I uh, left the job, worked there, loved the law enforcement part of it, did not like the, the other end of it. So left that job, came back into the deli business. And at that moment, about 07, we ended up closing the deli. I transitioned into the restaurant in 07, scared to death because uh, I had never really worked in a restaurant. Um, got into the got into the restaurant, started rolling, started bartending. Uh, just by 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 chance, got into a bartending uh, uh, position, which is usually like the hardest position to get into. And um, from there, just started rolling. I started to love the business. Really, really love the business. Uh, love every aspect of it, from the back of the house to the front of the house. And I'd say probably somewhere in 2010, 11 was really start thinking, you know, this is something I might want to kind of step into, become my, my life. Uh, went to French Culinary Institute, um, mostly for wine program, uh, which is an amazing school. And um, I, you know, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I then, you know, met my wife, of course, who wasn't my wife, my girlfriend at the time. And that Man, gosh, that's in 2010. And uh, it became a dream of both of ours, I think. A little more of mine, but but uh, she was definitely really, really in, into the into the wine aspect of, of the restaurant. I should say we also met in the restaurant, um, Jonina Restaurant, which I, I love. I would be nowhere without that place. And uh, been there many, many times. It's a great place. Great place. To see you specifically. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> um. And then, uh, so, uh, yeah, so moved on from there, went, you know, um, and then I'd say in 2017, 18, we probably decided, you know what, this is what we have to do. I could get no further at Jonina. Um, I was a manager there, bartender, and I was going to Ohio, was doing really well and said, you know what, it's time to branch out on our own. We should probably start looking for a place and looking for some funding and looking for all the good stuff that comes along with it. And then. Yeah, and then uh, then came Leilu, and here we are, a year and a half later. So how long did it take when you guys were like, this is what we're doing? How long was that process? Like, when did you conceptualize, not necessarily the name, because I don't think you had any kids at this point, but when yeah. did you conceptualize, like, this is what we want, this is the idea, all roads lead to this endpoint or this goal at what point in in this process and yes i even remember myself that you were all over and then you you really landed and set your feet at um jonina and it and i believe megan was working in the wine store next door correct she worked a little bit in the wine store she was actually working at the time as a uh, as an editor producer for fox news online God. Oh, yes. I remember. I remember. Yes. In a wine program with Tracy Burns on Fox Business. 
um, which was a lot of fun for her. And that was really starting to expand her mind a little bit more into the wine aspect. She, we also took wine classes to uh, American Psalm Association together, um, which was uh, a wild ride too. But, uh, um, but yeah, so, it, so I'd say it took us probably two to two and a half years when we were like, this is what we're going to do. Let's start finding a place, finding a way to get this done. How are we going to do it? You know, start building a business plan, going through that, and then trying to find the right location because, you know, we're born and raised in Huntington. We love Huntington, but we're, we're you know, you're also eager to find a place, sign a place. So we, our first place that we had found was actually in Northport, just, you know, one town over. I believe that's your, where you were born and raised. Yep, very close to there. What, what's the, what, what store's there now? What restaurant's there now? Then, in the first now location. Now it's Vespa. Vespa. You know Vespa uh, Chop? Yes. Chop? Yeah. Um, yeah. I hear yep. it's very good. I haven't been there yet. Um, kind of believe things happen for a reason. We didn't take that place. It was, uh, we, we couldn't, we, the best thing about that place, the reason we really wanted it to, it was a building vibe. We would own the building. It was huge for us. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So we ended up um, securing the funds for the building, but not the funds to open the actual restaurant in the building. Um, it was a huge undertaking. I mean, we're talking two and a half million to, to do everything. And to, yeah. I hear the story. I don't know the truth to it 100%, but they went through a lot of problems too because the building itself, I believe, was four or five additions over the years. The building was like from 1896, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Those Four. buildings, it's a matter of fact, the story goes with Northport it, is that the speakeasy underground uh, gambling and liquor was all under the main street of Northport. Like you could actually go in when the, when the tide was low, you could walk into this big drain and walk up through main street underneath it. And there were, it, there's like a trap door in the chase bank. Cause I used to work there and they used to say, Oh, this door was from when prohibition happened. People were drinking downstairs. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. So you didn't get the, so you, you didn't get there, but I also heard there is, is it's really a challenge with getting your liquor license. So this really segues into setting up the business at, at what point, you know, you, okay. Everyone knows when they want to open up a restaurant, who's not in the restaurant business, they need a space. So when did you realize, of course you had experience, but when did it hit you that there was all these other factors that mattered? Let's say liquor license, insurance, like when, were you surprised or were you ready for all these things based on your experience? Definitely ready for a lot of it because we, I knew a lot of the back end through Jonina's, um, but there was some, some definite surprises, 100%. I'd say when we signed the lease even, I'd say... Mm, Three to four months before you sign the lease, you start to really start to figure out, all right, we're getting all our insurances. Gosh, it's going to be this much. It's going to be this much. Uh, you know, yep. the liquor license, which was probably, I say the most problematic to get, but the longest process. Um, all because the building that we're in now was recently sealed upstairs and there was a problem with it uh, between the town and the state and whatever it might be. So um, they weren't accepting that as a sealed space. Uh, but when you say CEO space customer, what, you know, what is that? Uh, no, they they um they just had allowed it to become a space for it was offices upstairs. Now they've allowed uh, it to be a restaurant. So it's like a zoning thing. It's a zoning thing. But, um, 
Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, and that's it. And so, so I'd say, you know, about three to four months before we really open was, or I should say before we signed the lease, is when you're starting to really understand. I mean, you build your business, program, you know, your plan, but you start to really unravel, I guess, the layers of the onion of what it's going to take to, to put in to the restaurant, especially financially. Uh, time, of course, we knew it was going to take a lot of time, but yeah, there was some definitely don't think it's going to cost that much in insurance, you know, you, just to put the lights on, what, you know, what, what's it going to cost to run, run, you know, run, you know, the gas, the electricity, yeah. everything before you even put a penny into food or anything of that nature, you know? Yeah. Um, you had mentioned you've been, how long were you at Jonina? 21 years. Damn. 21 years at our restaurant. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so here is a question for you. When you approached your current employer, and I want everyone to really, really listen to this, because when you go to the owners, and I know, I, I know personally that you were very close with them, very close um, to the fact when they, when you said that, like, oh, Ryan's like my guest, the owner would come up to me and say, hey, how you doing? You know, you, you were there for such a long time. So describe for me. Or describe for the audience that moment when you t when you said, "Hey, it's a." I'm. I think. I, I mean, you could go into this, but that moment you said, "Hey, I'm really working to open my own place." And the was there any tension about customers? Because I know the customers loved you. Everyone should know that James is a very likable guy. I've seen him mad, but I don't think anyone else has seen him mad. You know, <laughs> he's not someone that, that is known to be angry about anything. So, <clears throat> so just describe that moment when you presented yourself saying, Hey, this is my, this is my dream. And then the whole idea that you're actually doing it. And then the third part of that would be customers actually not going to Jonina and going to your spot. So just describe that dynamic. It's funny. So I'd say, you know, for a long time we had, you know, Bobby, the owner of the restaurant, like I said, has been like a mentor to me over all these years too. Um, really let me into a lot of like the back end aspects of what an owner was before even, you know, opening the place. So we're still very tight to this day. Um, I think because it took such a long time, those two years, I think that it was a little bit more easy for him to kind of, you know, realize that I was about to go on to another establishment and open our own place and, and um, don't get me wrong, it was definitely emotional, though. I think it was very emotional um, because, uh, yeah, I was there so long. I mean, we, you know, I helped to run the place, build, build it up to become what it, what it is today, uh, which is a, it's a super successful restaurant. Um, and, yes, we have a, a, had a huge, huge customer base. Um, I like to think I was a part of bringing that customer base in there. Um, the food is phenomenal, too. So, you know, it's got to be a lot. It's a combination of a lot of different things. Um, so was he ever really shocked or was there any tension? I don't believe there was any real tension. Uh, does he miss me? Do I miss him? Of course. I mean, that's going to be you know, anybody who's close and then they're going to leave each other for a while. Um, but I don't think he has any animosity. I, I think they were really, him and his wife especially, you know, are, are, were really behind us um, opening this place. They helped us out immensely, uh, really guided us in the right direction, you know, Bobby himself, but came and helped me physically to do things here whenever he had time off. Uh, so all those guys a lot. Um, I don't think there was ever really, really any like point where he was just, you know, upset with it with the customers. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if they, if you know, I, I get a lot of those customers here. Yes, I had a strong customer base there. They still go there, and then and they come here. So I like to think they break their time up. Um, I hope it would have been different if you. It would have been different if you opened an Italian restaurant. Exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, and I'll tell you, that's one of the reasons we didn't open an Italian restaurant either. We want to okay. be a little different. <laughs> I can't open an Italian restaurant to Bobby in the same exact town. You know, only exactly. two blocks up. <laughs> um. So okay, so you start. You you get in there. At what moment? I know you signed the lease, but at, at what moment? Did you like, at what moment did you say to yourself, wow, this is real. I'm doing this. This is, this is happening at, at, at what moment? I know it took two years to do it, but when you resigned, when you said, Hey, I'm doing this or your first day in Leilu, like when was that moment? Like I own a business. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's still surreal to this day, to be honest with you, but, (laughs) um, I'd say there's probably two moments. Winter, uh, two years ago, when we're still, after the lease, we signed the lease. Sign the lease, it's a piece of paper. Yeah, it's real, but it's not really real. We're in here with the key, but it, it still looks like the old place. So you're kind of not even feeling like it's yours. Um, but here we are ripping up the floor. We did a lot of work ourselves, too. Um, and ripping up the floor, sitting with Megan in here, taking down you know mirrors that are on the on the walls and things like that. And I think there was a point where we really just kind of sat down together and we're like, you know, holy crap, like we're in this. We just signed the lease. We're here. We're sitting. We're in the middle of our own place. I think that was that was step one. Still very unreal though at the at the time, you know, because I'm working at Jonina's. I'm doing work here in the morning. I'm going there at, at you know in the evening. And uh, so I'm still working there. So I'm still feeling like I'm really just working there and doing almost like another job during the day. Um, I think it was two weeks in really to opening the doors here when we're just sitting here after. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going back to Joninas. I'm here in my own place. I'm behind my own bar. Things are still so new to us. Uh, you know, and, and at the time, you know, it's you know brand new place. We're packed. It's crazy. So there's no time to even process things. But I think it really was Meg and I just one day after work, we're just sitting back and we're like, holy crap, this is, this is us. This is us. And now we're, now we're deep in it. There's no going back. <laughs> so you talked about uh, you know, raising funding. How did you, and, and this is for entrepreneurs out there who are looking to start any type of business. Um, how did you raise funds um, I mean, you don't have to get into details like, uh, you know, Ryan gave me, you know, five bucks. He donated, you know, like how did you go about getting people to buy in? Um, I advised you. I said my first advice was like, you don't give anyone points. (laughs) They want to invest and get some sort of return. You own 100 percent of the business. That was my one piece of advice to you because you just don't want anyone influencing your idea or having influence on your idea that, you know, t- 21 years in the restaurant business behind a bar and then two years building this business into a reality. You don't want anyone telling you what to do. That was my advice for you. So if you could go into how did you raise capital or funding for this venture? I'll tell you everything that we raised. Well, first off, we took, I took your advice <laughs> because, um, you know, with a small place like this, maybe we'll be a little investor-driven 
later on if we open another place, when we open another place, I should say, after the craziness of COVID. But um, we ended up going to to people that I had met over the years, I would call friends, um, and really just, you know, asking. Probably the one of the hardest parts, if not the hardest part, of opening the restaurant. Please help me out. Um, you know, lend us this money. And now we're not asking for free. You know, we're giving them, we're giving, you know, percentage on it. Um, sure. And just, you know, lend us this money for, you know, give us five years to pay you back. And, uh, and that's pretty much how we kind of structured all our, most of the deals, anywhere from three to five. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, 10,000 from somebody and, and, and 50,000 from somebody else and people who really just believed in us and believed in our, you know, our goal, our vision. And I think that the only advice I can really, really give is to know, to know, you know, know what you're doing. I mean, you need to, you need to give a clear, you know, how are we going to be able to pay you back? How are we able to, 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 to create and start, you know, a, a busy restaurant that's, it's not going to go under in a year or two, especially in a restaurant business, because obviously everybody thinks the restaurant business is so hard and all these, you know, 90% of restaurants fail within the first year, which is mm-hmm. a fallacy. It's not true. But within five years, yes, maybe there's a, something in the area of 55 to 60%, some of that nature. But um, I think it's really just knowing your stuff, you know, know, knowing your business. If you know your business, you, you know, people will believe in you as well. Uh, and, and we actually, we happen to know the town very well. So it was a little bit easier for us to know this is going to work here. This is going to, is going to happen. Been in the business a long time. No, no, you know, how to make food, how to sell it, drinks, this, make people happy when they walk in, you know? I think, I think just to speak from my perspective is you've been at that, at Jonina so long that knowing the business of running a restaurant, you were, you were able to provide people with real timetables and real numbers other than like, Hey, I have this great idea. I'm going to open a restaurant in Huntington. I'm going to run it. I got, um, I know I'm going to sell a pizza, but that, you know, like you were able to put together something that is a business plan because of your experience. And that, that getting that experience was really like setting you up for success and then enabling you to, uh, you know, take investors on with reasonable real life returns. Everybody wants to make money, you know, but to really put something forward and have people believe in you is really awesome. Um, okay. So I know, I know how you got the name for the restaurant, but why don't you tell everyone? So at first when we were looking at the first space, uh, the name of the restaurant was going to be Layla's and that is because that is, that is our oldest daughter. Um, so we said, Layla, it's going to be awesome. We'll do it after. And, you know, we went back and forth. And we said, you know what? I, I think it would be great. It sounds like a great name. Layla's this. Um, and then we had Lucy. So we're like, you know, be a little messed up. Yeah. <laughs> we just named it after Layla. So we, we ended up coming up with the name Layla. And um, really, Megan, I should, I should got to give her all the credit for that. So, uh, so yeah, we, we came up with the name Layla after my two daughters and um, – I don't know if we're going to have a third. So, so, so this is their namesake, pretty much. Uh oh, you might have to change the sign. I'm just kidding. Hey, maybe we open the next place. And, uh, <laughs> <be on> the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
So these are some entrepreneurial questions I, I ask everyone. I mean, this is only my second one-on-one, but these questions will come to everybody who does the podcast for the one-on-one. So how many day, how many hours a day do you work on average? I know you're, you're closed on Mondays, but that really doesn't mean anything in this business. So how many day, how many hours um, a day are you putting towards uh, Lelu? Minimum 12, I'd say. You know, with real working hours, paperwork, uh, just, I mean, minimum. Um, it's just really an every, every day, you know, especially being a new place too. And uh, I don't want to go into COVID yet, but having to figure out, you know, you're always thinking, you're always thinking, you know, in the morning, Meg and I, you know, luckily, I, you know, I have my wife in this with me together. So we're just rolling ideas off each other all the time, all the time, all the time. Of course, breaks for the kids, doing what we have to do. But I don't think there's a minute that we're not thinking about the restaurant ever. So I would say, yeah, I mean, we're at the moment, you know, we're only open from four until until nine, really, because everybody, had, because of the new laws, everybody has to be out of the restaurant at 10. So, you know, four to 10, six hours, we're open six hours. Um, we're, we're thinking about expanding those hours, but, you know, uh, we have to make sure that it works um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd say minimum 12. 12 so, um, so just getting to something else is menu and drink menu. How did you, did you guys have an idea what dishes you wanted to serve or what type of food? Um, what, what were your ideas about you know, a menu structure, I'm sure because you had the experience, it was easier for you than someone who's just like, Hey, I just came into money. I want to start a restaurant. You guys, did you conceptualize what would be on the menu and what would be, um, like your drink menu? I know you guys have some great cocktails there. Some great, I mean, I've been there too. I, I mean, of course now I live in New Jersey, but every time I'm out there, I try to get there or stop by. And I know the menu is, you know, pretty great. So how did that, how did the menu planning, was it something before you signed the lease or you did, did you have a feeling or you just were looking for the right chef to pretty much vibe with you guys? A little bit of everything actually, because I'll tell you, we, we had an idea of what we really wanted. We knew we wanted to be a seasonal place. We knew we weren't going to be Italian. So we said, you know, what, we'll do a little American fair because American fair really means you can do anything, you know, because we're all American. You know, so right now we're running a taco Tuesday. I mean, it's American. So, um, I say, uh, we, um, we had an idea of what we wanted to do in the beginning with the menu, but we really wanted to bounce it off an experienced chef. Uh, and that was going to be kind of where we were going. It took a very long time to find a chef and, um, and restaurant business is hard. We've been through three chefs already or two and wow. our third, our third is the best we've had. He's it's, it's a crazy story, a long story, but he's amazing. And he's actually where we really want to be. We brought in another chef that was from Rock Island. He wasn't really our style, kind of was going a little too high end for us. Um, and that's not what our vision was. But yeah, I think we, the drink menu, I always, I always, uh, I love experimenting with drinks. So we have four drinks, you know, we're, we're also seasonal. So we change our menu four times a year. So it's great because we get to play around with the menu all the time. We're actually have the winter menu coming in on Friday. We're going to launch it on Friday. That's nice. Where, yeah, button for punishment. Why not launch it <laughs> on Friday? Great. But um, 
but yeah, I think that's really what, what it was. We, we had an idea, but we want to bounce it off somebody. And you know what? It's all learning experience. You know, he wasn't the chef for, for sure. us, for but sure. he definitely, you know, sent us in the right direction with certain things. And then the next chef, the same. And this guy is really where, uh, where we want to be. So, so um, what motivates you today? What keeps you motivated? My children and my wife always motivate me 100% by far. Uh, you know, I think family is super, super, super important. It comes before all. Um, in the restaurant business, what motivates me is, the me- like we were just saying, the menu changes. The, the, you know, there's fun aspects of it. You're, you're always, you know, being able to, you know, change the menu, change this, have customers come in, enjoy what you're, you know, that, I mean, that obviously is what pushes you in this industry. You want to make sure they're coming in, they're enjoying everything and, uh, you know, coming back, you know, we've had a guy that's come and he's had the pork chop three times this week. That right there makes me feel amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even like pork chop, he tells me. And he's like, we've had the pork chop three times. So, um, you know, that's motivation great. I think is in the, for us is within, you know, our, our, our clientele, our customers coming in, keep coming back. We really want to, you know, have a, have a return base and return customer base. Um, you know, and it is, I mean, there's a lot of motivation in this business too, because you want to make sure everybody's happy. Everybody's doing well. Everybody's making money. I mean, that's, you know, another motivator of course is money. You want to make sure money's coming in and, and, uh, you know, it's the toughest times right now, but but knock on wood, we're making it. Um, do you realize that you're an entrepreneur and if what is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? And I want to say like people associate entrepreneur with like big tech or some invention when entrepreneurs are really people who start businesses and have vision and it could be something that's brick and mortar. It could be, you know, I came up with the idea for this or that and it's tech, but do you consider yourself an entrepreneur and I, I, you are an entrepreneur, whether you like it or not. And uh, what is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? So I actually, I, yeah, I guess not until this moment would I ever consider myself an entrepreneur. But you're right. I mean, we are, we are entrepreneurs. Both of you, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, um, best part of it, it's yours. It's yours at the end of the day. You know, you as much as you put into it is as much as you get out. So you keep putting your heart into it. I think that's probably the best part of it. Worst part is sometimes it's scary as all hell, you know. But I think the best part is uh, is is yeah, you, you you put a lot in, you get a lot out. It's, you know, it's huge. Okay, so here's some rapid fire ones before we get into the uh, COVID questions, which I'm sure everybody wants to hear about because I mean that's what's going on. But first one, biggest mistake you learn from hiring our first chef on the on the fly. Just like he came in and you were like, you're hired. Hired, thought he was the right guy, let him rule for a month. And that was, you know, we had so much going on at the time that um, really, really, I think it hurt us in the beginning. That would be my biggest mistake. Um, What's your first big payday, biggest day, moment when you were like, damn, we, (laughs) we really made money today. What? I mean, it could be the first time you got that check from wherever. What what was your face your first big payday associated with the business? I would say, actually, to tell you the truth, it was a Saturday during COVID, um, and it was our, our biggest day that we've ever had, um, even pre COVID. But we, you know what? Is this summer? Summer. Summertime. 
summertime. Okay. We had the outside going. We have live music. And it was our biggest day, happiest day, too, because we're like, during COVID, wow, we're doing okay. So, What has been the most satisfying moment in um, in, in business in, in Leilu? Hmm. Satisfying moments. It's a tough one. Um, Oh, rapid fire. I'm not rapping. I'm not firing rapid <laughs> Okay. You know, I guess just it could be, it could moment. be just every, the moment when every day closes. I mean, it could be, it yeah, doesn't have to be a single moment. Even just opening the doors is satisfying, you know? Being able to open yeah, the of course. Right now, having people come in the door, that's satisfying. Having somebody walk in the door that that's a repeat customer that really, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that has to be satisfying. The guy doesn't like a board shop. He's ordering it three times. I mean, come on. He should be your official taste tester. Okay, so now we're going to move on to um, the topic everybody wants to hear about because it's just on everyone's mind, especially in New York, more so in New York City and in New Jersey, but it's in all of New York with these shutdowns and COVID. So um, these are just I, I had put I'd put some questions together so. When did you realize that everything you knew before has changed? I'd say three weeks into COVID. You know, um, when when first is when we got for everybody first got the whole thing, and this is a big you know virus coming out. I can, I cannot lie. I said, nah, two weeks. This is gonna it's gonna blow over. Two weeks is gonna blow over. Um, I can't. I will. I'll tell you. I say probably the first day of shutdown was the day I was like, wow, this is this is bad and we're not going back to the, the way we were for a long time. So, Especially you guys as a new restaurant. I mean, me and um, me and my girlfriend always talked about you. We were like, man, they just opened. And, you know, we always had you, you know, front of mind whenever these, whenever we heard or read on Instagram about shutdowns, we were always like James and Megan, James and Megan. Um, Seven months what in. are the challenges today? Like, what what are your challenges right now? Aside from the basics, like limited capacity, um, is it getting people out? Is it and this and this will go right into, you know, delivery pickup. What are your feelings on delivery apps? I know on your website, which I'm going to give all the information on the restaurant and how to follow and contact in the uh, closing. But <clears throat> what? What are the challenges and are you guys delivering and are there people curbside picking up and things like that? So a couple of different challenges. Definitely, you know, getting people in the restaurant, you know, inside. So summertime, we were doing fantastic. Doors open. You know, people would sit in, a lot of open air. Ups, you know, we have an upstairs here. Nobody would sit upstairs, but it was great. We had the whole street area. It was really wonderful. Um, now getting people in to feel comfortable. Uh, you know, we run everything a really tight ship here. Everything's cleaned all the time, disinfected, you know, uh, uh, all, you know, twice washed on all the dishes. Uh, we actually use plastic cups right now for the, um, for the water and whatnot. Uh, just kind of getting people comfortable to come in. Um, and there are people, I shouldn't say there, but there, there are, but you know, it's just kind of getting those people to, to understand that's a huge challenge. Um, you know, staffing, staffing's, we happen to have a phenomenal staff here. So going into the delivery, we don't do delivery at the moment. We do it through through DoorDash. Um, 
you know. So delivery app, delivery service. Delivery app, yeah, 100%. We used to do deliveries through ourselves. We had a delivery driver, which was okay. It's a little little bit harder. Um, not, to, not to get into DoorDash, but, you know, even though it has, its, it has a lot of pros, it has a lot of cons, the pros outweigh the cons, I think, because, um, you know, you can put out 10 deliveries at the same time. Yep. Yeah, people yep. come and pick them up. It's a, that's a great business business model, but um, yeah, that's definitely a you know a challenge. Um, you know, just staffing because we want to open for lunch, like we were saying, and we want you know we're doing brunches on the weekends now. Finding that that is it worth it? Is it not? You know, it's all trial and error right now, really. Um, but it's, it's a big challenge to find the staff that wants to work, the right staff, um, you know, and the people that have, have the hour, you know, have the hours that they can do it especially during the day, because we happen to have a lot of teachers that work here too. Got it. Um, did you ever completely shut down? And if you did, for how long? And when did you reopen? We never completely shut down. We always, you know, we saw that the shutdown was happening and there were some places around here that shut down completely for a while. Um, wasn't, in, wasn't in our carts. Never even thought about shutting down. You know, um, we ran a skeleton, skeleton crew. Um, we literally was just myself one other server that was with us the whole time and the chef and that was it. And we were just rocking and rolling. I mean, we were in the kitchen, we were out here, we were in the kitchen. It was a, uh, it was a crazy time, but um, yeah, so never shut down. Um, what I see and I'm, you know, I'm a business operations person. So there's gotta be, although terrible about restrictions and shutdowns, there has to be some business and operations positives from the restrictions because no one has ever been faced with such a tight, limited, I guess, elbow room, figuratively speaking. So what are the, some of the positives with business operations um, and operation costs from the restrictions? I think actually the positives that really come out of it are kind of crunching the numbers a little bit more. First, you're crunching, you're crunching for to-go's because, you know, we, we weren't, a to, we, before this, we were not a to-go place. Having that opportunity, if you want to call it an opportunity, to uh, to do solely takeout, you're learning so much more about takeout. What's the right, you know, costing of what we should be getting to do this takeout? How to do it? You know, times to, to do it. Um, I also think the pros are we wouldn't have DoorDash if we did this, you know, which I think you know it's definitely that was definitely a pro of it because um, you know it, it would have been we would have just been doing the same old thing over and over and over. You know, maybe in two or three years, maybe we think to get DoorDash. But now I think also the kitchen guys are, are a little bit more, you know, familiar with how to do a lot of to-goes, how to package them correctly, get them sure. out on time. So I think that's the that's the pros to, uh, to this. Um, did you change your menu? Did we change our menu? We definitely did. We changed, especially during the shutdown. We did a lot more, you know, family meals. We're trying to see how we can create more business. Like family style. Family style meals. We would do. I mean, we were doing great meals at the time. You know, half tray was our, our you know, our, our rice bowl, which we did a thing of chicken, beautiful steak, you know, um, shrimp, all with rice, mixed vegetables, different sauces. We were doing burger meals. We were doing you know all these type of things that probably wouldn't have done before this either. You know, and and uh, and it turned out to be you know pretty popular. Awesome. Um, okay, for COVID, something you are glad you did early. Those family meals and staying open. I think those are big things. Something you did just in time. 
just in time. Uh, those family meals are staying open. The <laughs> so family meals, family meals. And something you didn't do, but looking back, you should have done. Uh, you know what? I think, actually, to tell you, COVID-wise, opening for lunch and brunch earlier, I think it would have been a, a huge hit, definitely during summertime. There was a lot of things that were restricting us from doing that, but I think that was definitely a, a, a regret, if there is regrets. Okay. Final question before we wrap up. Um, if you knew, if, if COVID would have happened at Joninas, right, and then everything's open up and everything's great, what would you have done different during the planning and development of Lelu if you knew this type of restrictions being implemented were a possibility? Meaning that we, before we even did anything, we even, even opened yeah. up, we're opening before up. Before you even had the lease, before you even had the lease on the place, let's say this had happened five, six years prior and you went through like a similar COVID, uh, COVID situation. What would you have done different in the planning and development of the concept and all the operations? What, what would you have done differently if you knew wow. this type of shutdown was a possibility? Uh, concept would be totally different. It would be a, a fast service restaurant. We would have uh, 100% been all to go, maybe with a little bit of dining room space if we had the space to do it. Uh, wouldn't at least the upstairs as well. Um, but I think we would just really be a, a totally different restaurant at that, at that moment. Which Like a grab-and-go? Like a grab-and-go type of place? Or almost like, a, let's say, a, a taco joint that you make and you order. And you know what we would utilize? Um, a lot more of these services uh, like DoorDash, Grubhub. Also, maybe Got start it. doing a ghost kitchen or something of that nature also. Mm, you know, interesting, we'll yeah. Because, uh, which is still in our mind now too, you know, if, even though this craziness has, has been going on, it's not deterring us because, you know, our, our ultimate three to five year plan was to open up another place, not this style, but more of maybe a, a, a fast service, kind of something that can be replicated. Um because uh, this would be our baby and those would kind of be our more of our maybe money makers in a way. Still in the cards. Well, Still in the cards. Well, I want to end with um, one solemn moment for us. I want to say rest in peace to Chris Ferrier. If he knew we were doing a fucking podcast right now, I think he'd make fun of us, right? First off. Um, but <laughs> rest in peace to him. Um James, thank you so much for the time. Uh, you could yeah, you could find uh, Lelu on on Instagram at L E I L U Huntington. Not going to spell that out. Just spell it how it is on Instagram. Uh, Lelu They're located at ten New Street, Huntington, New York. Uh, you could call them 631-944-3111. That's 631-944-3111. Just Google L-E-I-L-U. It comes up, especially if you're in the tri-state area. James, thank you so much. Um, you, say hi to Megan. I really appreciate the time. And we appreciate you big time. Thanks for having us on. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks so much. This is the part of the Liquor Lab podcast where I need your help. Subscribe, rate, and share. Subscribe, rate, and share. Subscribe, rate, and share. Every podcaster says it. We need it though, especially the Liquor Lab podcast. Subscribe, rate, and share. If you're listening, post it in an Instagram story. 
post it in a Facebook story. Take a screen capture of the episode you're listening to, post it in your feeds, share it on Twitter, stories, Facebook, WhatsApp, share it. Subscribe, rate, and share to the Liquor Lab podcast. Thank you for all your support. Everyone who has subscribed, rated, and share, keep it going. Subscribe, rate, and share. Instagram. Follow the Liquor Lab on Instagram. Search Liquor Lab or go to liquorlab.com and click on the Instagram icon on the homepage. Follow us, like our content, mention friends in our posts, share our posts, share our stories. Liquor Lab on Instagram. Again, search Liquor Lab or go to liquorlab.com and click on the Instagram icon. YouTube. Subscribe to the Liquor Lab YouTube channel. On YouTube, search Liquor Lab, click subscribe, you'll get all access to clips, podcasts, all of our content. Again, YouTube, Liquor Lab, or go to liquorlab.com and click the YouTube icon. Now open for business, the Liquor Lab merch store. Visit shop.liquorlab.com, go to the homepage, liquorlab.com. The link is there. Direct to the store, you'll see the Liquor Lab logo t-shirt, 100% organic. You'll see the Liquor Lab logo hoodie, 85% organic, and just added Liquor Lab Instagram privacy settings tee. Very excited about these products. Visit liquorlab.com, shop.liquorlab.com, or even tap view shop in the Liquor Lab Instagram profile at Liquor Lab. Very excited about these products. Shop.liquorlab.com and support the Liquor Lab.